five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, as usual, joining virtually with Sam at another Sam Chan. Uh, missing in action today is on the at Omni Strife. We'll get into it, uh, but he is currently uh, assisting with his cat, Jack, who had to go under the knife. But it is a light week, so we thought we could talk a little bit about Jack and the payload, because what else might we talk about? <laughs> feel bad for Jack. Yeah. been there, my but, friend. But uh, the topic that I wanted to sort of get into, you know, straight off the top here, uh, has to do with everything that we're currently seeing uh, take place, you know, I would say south of the border, but even, you know, up here in, in Canada, but around the world. And that is um, what, quite frankly, was a murder of, of uh, Mr. Floyd and, and everything that has taken place since then. Um, Sam, I, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I can, I can speak from my position. Um, I need to acknowledge I was born very lucky. I was born white. I was born male. And I have lived a life um, based on those two irrefutable facts that has been easier than many other people. And the fact that someone can lose their life having been accused of, you know, using a counterfeit $20 bill, it just, I, I can't, I don't understand how that is even possible, especially in this day and age. And it, it's just unsettling to see how there are, are far too many people that think, that someone losing their life is somehow okay. Like it's not. And I, you know, we talked before we hit record whether or not we would, we would actually have an episode this week because it's an extremely difficult time. And the last thing that I, I feel people need to care about is the Overwatch League, our feelings, the Vancouver Titans. But then there's another part of me that also wonders if us, you know, providing the opportunity one to, to acknowledge what, it's just a, a senseless act. And then the subsequent result, which I'm completely in support of, something needs to change and that change needs to affect, be affected in, in, in due order. In fact, it's well overdue. Um, but then I also acknowledge that I'm, you know, as I've talked about, someone who suffered from anxiety. And for me, routine and structure can provide me some of that escape. So that's what I sort of want this, this episode to be an opportunity for us to, to focus on something to recharge so that we can get out there and, and do what's necessary. But Sam, I mean, uh, any thoughts that you can share on the matter? No, I, I really appreciate you, you saying all that, right? I think it's for, for what I'd say, and now I'm speaking on behalf of people, but I think for most people, we we've had a pretty difficult weekend. I think for a lot of us, it was enlightening. A lot of us, it was, eye-opening and a lot of us we realize you know our our own flaws and I, I i feel like that's something really powerful that's that's missing in in society today is the the ability for us to admit when we're wrong about something that we need to to learn something right when we're when we're talking about black lives matter versus all lives matter like like that discussion you know 
me from from a safe place of looking at it and i need to acknowledge that too like that is a fascinating discussion that that needs to happen why it's it's one versus the other and we're we're not a political podcast we talk about video games um but we're also human beings right and and so for for you to start off this this episode like that i think speaks volumes to to what rsp i think stands for we've always been inclusive we've always encouraged positivity um and I think it's fair to say from from my perspective of being a co-host, I'm proud to be here because because this isn't something that we whipped up because we want to hop on a trend. This is this is the well played everyone is is goes into the cruxes of of what we believe we should be doing as our duties as gamers, as as content creators, as as human beings. Mm-hmm. And and so like, you know, if you guys are listening to us, I think there's also a lot of very valuable voices that need to be heard this week and i encourage you guys to do so there's so many very smart people in our community outside our community that are sharing so many different resources so many donation places uh people much smarter than us so i'd love for it for you for you to you know search these people out um but but from where i stand like i'm i'm very much similar to you i i think you know with all the things that have been happening with covid19 we see more 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 prejudice against Asians for for you know reasons that that I won't go into because again I'm not trying to make this my story it's not my story mm-hmm. but at the same time I think I was given a hint of of what it feels like to per- be be black every single day every single second right and I'm only worried about this very split moment in time so so for me to just shut up and 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 try and empathize with what that feels like I think that that's taken a lot of wind out of, you know, I, I can speak for both my wife and I, our weekend, um, mm-hmm. not because it's a trendy thing to do, not because our favorite celebrities are, are posting on Instagram or, or anything like that. Um, but but th- this this is a hard thing to take and accept. And I, I just want to encourage people, even if you guys don't listen to the rest of this episode, like I, it doesn't really matter. Um, we got no Overwatch games to talk about. There's, there's, there's nothing important. Let, let me just put it that way. But if you also, as part of part of the Overwatch community, you know you're looking for relief, you're looking for a break, um, you're looking, you're looking, you know, for like you mentioned, normalcy and routine. Like we'll try our best to to provide that for you, outside of you know Jack, poor Jack, uh, which which we will talk about in a second. But but yeah. I, I'm I'm 100 with you. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've tried to allow for is a conversation in an RSP Discord. Um, I know there are a few of our, our community members that have gone out and supported the community, ensuring that voices are heard. And I feel that's a very important aspect of of what, you know, we as a society need to do. Like this, this one, things need to change. Um, you know, the topic you had sort of brought up where is this this conversation about black lives matter and all lives matter if all lives truly matter black lives need to matter first and it is very apparent uh, that they don't it doesn't it's it's a chain and you know you've heard the saying a, a chain is as strong as its weakest link well you know people who simply based on the color of their skin are are somehow you know hammered down constantly that makes us as a society less. And I feel that, you know, for me, my daughter, I want my daughter to grow up in a society that change has taken place. Um, and again, we're not, we're not looking for RSP to become a 
political podcast. We are not experts. There are much smarter people out there. But, you know, if you need uh, someone to talk to, I mean, both of us would be willing to, to hear you out. Like, I, I am becoming more and more cognizant that is my time to listen. And I need to do what I can to change because I, I come from a position of privilege because as I had said, I was, I was born white and I was born male and simply based on genetics or whatever it might be, I've been given an advantage and I've never truly understood how strong of an advantage it is. So if it's upon me to help, help raise others up, I need to do a better job um, and become just a, a better ally. For sure. The, the podcast itself, I mean, we are going to talk about uh, Overwatch uh, related uh, topics and, and what have you, but you're going to find it's probably going to be a, a somber one because I mean, myself, I'm, I'm much more concerned with what's going on in the world today. Um, we'll talk a little bit about it in the payload. Um, I had uh, shared some some feelings from the RSP account um, late last week. And then over the course of the weekend, you know, looked at back and said, you know, quite frankly, what I was sharing feelings about, not all that important in the grand scheme of things. There are much bigger issues. So I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll, you know, focus on, on what we can mm-hmm. and provide anyone that opportunity, um, be it a short opportunity to simply, you know, Get back to those things that that can, you know, bring some light to what can be a a very troubling time. So, without any further ado, let's go into the payload. Moving the payload! Join me! So in our our show notes, I wrote, all's quiet-ish on the Titans front. And I wasn't necessarily going to suggest that there should be much more activity and action. And we are in a a lull period is defined by the Overwatch League. That's not to suggest there isn't other things going on in in Overwatch itself, but from a Vancouver Titans perspective, there hasn't been a whole lot of activity or action. The one thing, though, actually there's two things, but the one thing that uh, uh, happened uh, was for those of us who had purchased homestand tickets, um, the Vancouver Titans sent us a, I don't want to know, call it a thank you card, but a card that if you were watching our live stream right now, looks a lot like this. It's actually a very stylish card. It, it's got the, the Yeti on the front, the Vancouver skyline. It says founder. And it, inside a somewhat personalized message that uh, again on the stream is probably backwards, but the, the message itself personalized, I say somewhat, it has my name on it, my first name as I had entered it in when I ordered the tickets. And it talks about how this sort of past few weeks, months has been a difficult time with obviously the pandemic and the situation that that took place with the Titans and the fact that we're, we're looking at a new roster. And from a perspective of what other teams are doing, it's actually quite a bit more, even though it's a simple cart. So I have to applaud the Vancouver Titans for doing something. But the difficulty that I also have, and again, these are sort of the feelings that I expressed on Twitter, is how hard would it have been to have someone write a short note 
just to, you know, acknowledge like, you know, whether it's, you know, us at RSP, you know, myself, yourself, Sam, Ani, or, or others within the community, um, you know, whether it be uh, Jesse or, or Katrina or Marcus or Colin or, or Kevin or really anyone within the community that's been there, Michael, about things that we've done to try to move the Force of Nature family forward. It costs time and ink. And that didn't occur. And as far as an example is concerned, like you look at the Dallas Fuel, you know, the president and CEO of the Fuel just wrote a quick sentence acknowledging particular things that uh, individuals did. And it's that small kindness that goes a long way. Like I, I'm not, I don't need Titan swag. I'm never going to say no to obviously, but it's that personal stuff, the more genuine interaction that I think provides a much stronger service and benefit. Uh, from an organizational perspective, even if it was Tim Holloway, who I know many who listen to our podcast within the community with the same, like, oh, I don't, I would, didn't want Tim to sign it because, you know, right or wrong, he's not to, seen in a positive light. But still, the fact that, you know, the team acknowledges that something like that would be, would be beneficial. It's a missed opportunity in my books. I guess I guess it bothers you a bit more than it bothers me is because I I never would have expected that I guess mm. and 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 I think that's that's where I I see the Titans where I see the organization their 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 corporate structure right and and I think the difficulty with with fans and and supports and and the divide is is corporately things definitely happen differently but esports is still very much a grassroots movement. Um, it's all about personal touch. It's all about um, not the many that you've talked to, but making the few few special. Because like, don't make no mistakes about it. Anybody that's you know an avid follower of the Overwatch League right now, like they are pioneers, right? They how how esports will grow depends on this relatively small group of people. Whether you know, I mean, when we're talking globally, yes, it could be half a million, a million people, whatever, but globally a million people in 6 billion, not mm -hmm. a big number. Right. So, so like wherever it goes, it depends a lot on, on this, this group of, of people. Whereas when you take a lot of things like traditional sports, like the reason that hockey was passed down to you and was passed down to me has a lot to do with our community, our culture and where we grew up, you know, the 18 other buddies in my first grade class talked about the Canucks. So I became a fan also, right? Like that doesn't happen in esports, mm -hmm. right? That it depends on the Sams and the Chris's and the Katrina's to actually go out and, and actively go like, yo, are you watching the Titans matches Saturday? Like you better be, it's really good fun, right? Like that, that's what, that's the state of the, the ecosystem right now. And so like, you're, you're, you're right in that it's a, it's a missed opportunity, but I think it, like we banged this nail on the head so many times. And like, it's really funny you mentioned Tim because I actually liked him a lot as a person. I think he's, he's a positive guy. He's an energetic guy. Um, I feel like a lot of times he's been put in the, he's the wrong guy for the well, wrong he, mission. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's also the name in the face. And he's the name in the face. Right. So he, yeah. that bears responsibility. So I'm not, I'm not cutting him slack, but, mm -hmm. but like, I just think that like, maybe CSE should have entered esports at a more mature time. Like yeah. that is just the wrong, it's just using the wrong method for the wrong time place in, in where we are at the ecosystem. Right. And like, I, it's funny you mentioned that because, because at my day job, we, we do events 
we do we sell tickets and we have we have uh, partners and speakers and media for those tickets and i have written five straight years not not just me by the way i do a very very little amount so i'm not mm-hmm. trying to take credit but i have done my fair share of handwritten letters so so it's it doesn't take a lot of time no they aren't super personalized messages we write their name we we have a template um, if you know the person personally, maybe you want to add a word or two, but when you're writing 300 letters, it's, it's difficult, not going to lie, but, but like, it's, it's very possible. Yeah. And I, and that's, I think for me, and I, I'm, I, I don't mean to belabor the point cause you're right. Is it something that we should have expected? No. And I probably didn't, but I'm still waiting for, I think the Vancouver Titans to exceed the expectations that I think many of us in the community have, and these expectations are a very low bar, right? Like, yep. you know, if, if they had written, you know, Hey, Chris, you know, thank you so much, Tim. I would have been like, wow, you know, this is a sign that things are improving. Like it's a small little thing, but it would have been carried with it a significant amount of weight. And, and on your note as well, like I, the few times I've talked to Tim Holloway and I, I quite enjoy the conversations. I think he's actually a really good guy as well. Like I, I don't hold any ill will. Um, but then the other point you raise is, yeah, that maybe the Vancouver Titans needed to enter esports um, in a different point in time when their sort of maturity was there. I mean, it's only last week that we had Adam, you know, join us from Oracle Media, and for those of you who listened to that episode, I think it's quite clear um, that that Adam and and OAM have a really strong understanding of the esports scene. Yes, they may not have had the amount of success that they may have wanted for the Toronto Defiant specifically, but they understood what they needed to do, a plan that they looked to execute, and ultimately um, are able to go and and interact with their community and establish that community in ways that we can only imagine or dream of here in Vancouver. I mean, it's it's unfortunate as, as it might be, it's just that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I think a lot of credit goes to Adam is they are learning and overactive media is evolving, right? Mm-hmm. He openly admits that, you know, they weren't this from day one, right? Like they didn't call us the day or, they, or maybe we're the wrong example because, you know, we're, we're a Titans podcast, but they didn't call our buddies over at CA Overwatch on day one, right? They they went through their own lessons and they realized, hey, like community is important. Content mm-hmm. is important. We can for lack of a better term, use these avenues yeah. um, to, to further whatever their agendas are. Right. Yeah. And so, so like that's, that's to their credit that they are growing and understanding what it means to be a successful org. Um, are they there yet? No, but are, are the Titans there yet? No. So, so it's all about like, I think an interesting part when we look back at this three years from now, five years from now is, is we, we are journaling the, the Titans journey right? The highs, the lows, and all the crap in between. And and right now we're at a low point. Um, well, I'd say a couple of weeks ago, we were at the lowest point. And sure. now, now we're, you know, one step removed from that. Now, now we get to talk about Minecraft and whatever. Yeah. Well, um, and we, we probably will at some point. It's, we still got a couple more weeks to go before Overwatch the action. Gotta, gotta save that. Yeah. Um, speaking of low points, um, just this past weekend, uh, an article on uh, Dexerto.com, uh, penned by Richard Lewis, uh, was shared, and, and he wrote uh, a very balanced, 
<laughs> and, and thoughtful um, article on, on a lot of the issues that the Vancouver Titans faced over the course of last year and uh, in leading to this season. Um, nothing that I would say you haven't already heard from us, and I'm not trying to pump our own tires here, but I acknowledge that there are many people out there that, one, don't know about RSP and therefore don't listen to our podcast. Maybe podcasts aren't for them, and that's perfectly fine. But uh, things that I did... Um, sort of gather from from the article uh, were really how the strain um, between the the players themselves and the team you know happened to be we knew there was some but we didn't maybe fully understand the length of time that that strain had existed and you know the impact that it was having um, essentially in the relationship. One of the things that uh, he goes on to say, you know, based on the sources was that the Vancouver Titans sort of from an organizational perspective, and let's, let's talk sort of the business side, they had made a decision to move on to another roster um, prior to the departure of the current one. I'm not going to suggest that that's incorrect. I don't think it is. In fact, from a business perspective, you know, we, we sort of, you know, heard this in the interview with Adam where the, the Toronto Defiance sort of iterated to with different purposes. And maybe it's that the Vancouver Titans just had horrible timing. They decided they need to change things. So, you know, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. Um, it's probably not going to shed any new light, um, but it it provides some context and I think supports a lot of what we've been saying all along. Um, and again, at the end of the day, this was a relationship between a roster and an organization that soured. Um, it was, as I've described in the past, a divorce. And when it comes to a divorce, there's often fault on, on all the parties involved. I think that's still the case here. I don't think the players um, should get off scot-free, but I'm not suggesting it's like a percentage of assignment where it's, oh, it's 60 organization, 40 players. No, organizationally, the Vancouver Titans uh, weren't ready. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, that's that's just reality. And, and I think they've learned some lessons, some of which have been very hard lessons over the course of what's really been a year and a half, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we've seen them go through, other organizations have probably been able to experience over a much longer period of time. And, and the sad part is, is there's probably going to be some other rough patches as well. These growing pains occur. Uh, and so long as they learn from these mistakes, I guess that's all we can hope for. But it's a difficult thing as a, as a fan and, and as, as a community for us to sort of uh, suffer through when that's all there is. And I think that's the the tough part. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I don't know what's getting over me this week. I don't know. Maybe it's emotions or, or something. But to talk about the Defiant for not the first time, but the second time in the show, like we forget that they went through, in many cases, a very similar thing where they had an all Korean to almost all Korean roster mm -hmm. and they they wiped it, right? They they made an executive decision that they their players need to communicate in English that they need to be English first not that not ethnicity but just that is how they were going to communicate amongst one another amongst the staff and everybody else and to the fans etc. Um, but that was a hard and expensive lesson for them, yeah. right? And it was also an expensive lesson for us, and even more so because of the runaway pedigree because of the success of the Titans. But it's the it's the same lesson. Right. So as much crap that I want to give 
the the Titans org itself, like they are not the only team to to learn this lesson. They are not the only team that hasn't figured it out. Yeah. How well, how far they've learned and how far they're going to come from this, like that's very much debatable. But the Florida Mayhem. Florida Mayhem, right? Like they they went the other way. They swerved. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the I it's not that long ago that Mayhem or Misfits rather, they they insisted on uh all all EU or all I don't I don't know what they called it back then, all Western um roster. For, for lack of a better term, they weren't Korean players. Yeah. Then um, they went for the the hybrid for like two yeah, weeks or whatever. Yeah, like, and, and even that, like that was the hill that the the manager or whoever the spokesperson at that time was like, No, we're not going all Korean, we're not going all Korean and and I, I think at the end of the day, I think there's there's two different things here. I think, first of all, like, I don't necessarily agree with, like, I'm going to pick Chris because he speaks English. Like, I want to pick Chris because he's a good Overwatch player, right? Like, and and I get that there's going to be synergy and communication things. But to me, like, that's that's still priority is, is we're picking the best players, not yeah. because, like, you're not you're not getting a benefit because you speak a certain way or you look a certain yeah. way right? or you're from a certain country. Um, so get that out of the way. But, but like what, whatever it is, I think there's two different things. One is I think most Western orgs, they do need English to be the, the base language because that's how you build story with the fans, right? Whether you need a translator in there 24 seven and you need to give them additional English lessons, whatever it is like that makes sense for pretty much all the orgs to me, except outside Seoul, right? Mm-hmm. Seoul, you can be Korean only doesn't matter you'll have a fan base but in terms of the the players itself like that expectation is not clear i think to a lot of the players right like even though like okay we, we talk about the mayhem again they're they're doing a great job these days yaki's doing content in limited english right like mm-hmm. he's having show matches with with sideshow that are casted in english and he understand he's like this is credit to their or credit to their staff credit to um um swing chip and and uh and uh, uh, Yi and all those guys there, um, they they've explained it somehow that you know this is how we engage with our NA fans, mm-hmm. and they're they're learning to make it work, and they're doing a great job of that. Yeah. So so like those are those are two different lessons though, right? Like one is about the language in which they participate in, and then the other is like okay, well if we do go Korean, we got to do these extra eight steps to make sure the the players understand the responsibilities of their job, um, and also perform. The, you know, other point that came out in that article, actually, and sort of, sort of talking about engaging the Korea, uh, the community, uh, was that there was some of the sources were telling Richard, and I don't think it's any surprise, the Vancouver Titans struggled to embrace a, a Korean community that exists here in Vancouver. They struggled. I mean, uh, they struggled mm-hmm. embracing any community. But I, I don't know if, uh, like, a, I'll use the Titans as an example. If the Titans simply focused on building their community based on those who can speak Korean within the Pacific Northwest, are they a successful team? I don't think they are. And that's not to knock the, you know, Korean community. It's simply not enough. No different than if they only embrace sort of the Western community um, based on language, whether it be English, what have you. It's a matter of acknowledging, you know, what it is you have access to, what's available in your plan. And that's where I think what's quite clear, and if that hasn't been um, as as crystal clear as it should be, it the Vancouver Titans plan may not have been, one, executed, but maybe as well thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like we, you know, it's like the four step, you know, four steps to profit, identify good team, sign good team, good team wins profit. Well, 
we sort of saw that happen in the first season, but the moment one of those were to fall, now you have nothing else to fall back to. You look at the Toronto Defiant, you look at the Florida Man, they're creating content and they're looking at a means to, you know, engage a community through a means beyond the team itself. And that's where the Vancouver Titans didn't have that fallback. There was no plan B. There was no, you know, Cargill streamer that you can create content with or, um, you know, engaging fan events or even a reliance on the community, whether it be us here at RSP, uh, the, the actual Titans Discord community, uh, Rain City Runners. I mean, I... I can't speak for Rain City Runners. I was not uh, intricately involved uh, beyond sort of the first few days, a few weeks of it in existence. But I know in the early conversations, there was difficulty coordinating between the team and a supporters group that was trying to create events, including the team suddenly announcing, oh yeah, we're going to do a, a, a watch party at like the last possible minute when the R Rain City Runners had already gone and arranged something. Like again, these are things that I think ultimately the Vancouver Titans could have executed a little bit better on, but that just goes again. So it's, it's that immaturity within the organization. And I don't mean immaturity as an in individual people. It's the actual business. It's new. Yeah. And, you know, a, a note came here on the stream from, from Atomic Skull is like the, the Seattle uh, Call of Duty team is going through some issues, the Seattle Surge. And it's quite possible that they're related to what we saw with the Vancouver Titans. I don't know enough of of the Surge. I don't follow the Call of Duty League enough uh, to, to suggest they're related. It's hard to look at something that's walking like a duck, talking like a duck, you know, looking like a duck and not say it actually is. But they are in a much different um, structure. You have language not becoming an issue. Um, there does seem to be a person, <laughs> not a nebulous team in charge. Um, that being, I think his name is Bob Morris, if I recall. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I, I can't, I can't get into it. I don't know it enough. All we know is it's ducked up. Yeah, it is ducked up. I've so been sitting on that one. Uh, uh, enough of uh, the current Titans. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the former Titans. Uh, last week, we we shared that Janu had signed a long-term, uh, and I say long-term with air quotes, uh, contract with Washington Justice. And it was just announced, uh, I want to say a day or two ago, that Stitch has also signed a, a long-term deal with the Justice. I'm a little bit confused why it took a few extra days for Stitch. I, I would have presumed, you know, a deal would have been had already, but in the grand scheme of things didn't matter much because both he and Janu were on two week contracts and it's not like they missed any gameplay. The thing, however, was the justice shared on Twitter pictures of them setting up the apartment. How much do you think that that was done with intention? A thousand percent. You know, it's, it's a smart move. Oh yeah, I, I when I saw it, I'm like like well played and like it was, it was and this is the thing like we talked in RSP cores like what what should player accommodations look like? There's this perspective that oh they need a team house. I, I'm old, so I'm not going to say a team house is the 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 place it'll be, but I also accept that I don't understand the scene well enough and understand the player expectations. But from a practical perspective, where the heck are they going to get a team house here in Vancouver that's reasonably priced? Like, are they going to send the players out to the Fraser Valley? <laughs> On North Road next to the H Mart. Right. Well, yeah, maybe. So 
I had suggested the possibility of like condominium apartment style. And that's simply because like the Aquilini investment group owns property as a developer and they're, you know, yeah, it still costs money, but now you're left pocket, right pocket arrangement. And there are some that say, oh no, that, that's not good. Cause that's no different than a hotel. The Washington justice, the apartment they had looked relatively, you know, I'm not going to say basic because you know, Vancouver Titan staying in, in the rooms that they were staying in at Fortius, I would argue are relatively basic, maybe more than basic, mm-hmm. but apartments aren't a problem. And I, I, w- I now hearing more about the fact that they didn't have personal computers in their rooms. Like that blows my mind. And I, I think it sort of goes back to the point, like was Fortius ever intended to be the long-term solution? I don't think it was, but we'll now never know. Or if we do know it will be, with the new roster, but yeah, props to, to Washington, not only, uh, providing them apartments, getting them, you know, justice wear to, to, or justice uh, threads to wear, but also including the picture of all the Logitech gear available for their personal PC in their apartment to use play and stream from. So, yeah, like it's, it's extremely bittersweet for me because I would have imagined that the the players would have moved on to um, Asian teams, or or at least at least for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. So so I mean, for them to go to to Washington and be signed and and presumably be happy, um, you know, maybe it's too early and everybody's happy on signing day. We have to kind of wait a couple months in, um, and to an org that now has its own kind of small molehill of mal- problems like that, that kind of stings a little bit. I think yeah. you were, we're happy for Jani. We're happy for stitch, like being employed in a job that they like in today is not easy and it shouldn't be taken for granted. Um, but it, I gotta say it's, it's, it's bittersweet, right? And it's weird seeing Jani in a justice Jersey. It's weird seeing stitch go to the airport. Um, and, that just that I mean we'll talk a little bit more about it when we talk about the show match or whatever, but it sucks, dude. Yeah, it does. Uh the last thing about the payload is uh RSP news. That's right. Jack, team mascot, and cat you occasionally see behind Omni during live streams, went under the knife. Uh Jack himself got spayed. Was it spayed or neutered? I think Jack Jack is male. So yeah, so neutered, he said neutered. neutered. Yeah, I was gonna say and and, I, and then I was all confused because like, yeah, but uh, yeah, rip Jack. We yeah. need F, F's in chat for Jack. Cone, cone of shame is coming through. Yeah. The cone of shame. I mean, not that I've ever had to wear one, but I can't imagine it's, it's good. I mean, I've seen up. Yeah. So exactly. It's, it's yeah. exactly that. And, and Jack's a pretty small cat. So usually they have to buy a pretty big cone and, uh it's it's not a good look uh omni in chat is now saying he's all good well that's good you know so we don't actually have to give f's in chat for for jack maybe f's in chat for jack's former jack (laughs) (laughs) no no jacks left to give (laughs) oh well we're gonna take a short break before we get ourselves into the fray We'll be 
back into the fray. Oh man, if you're having to watch the live stream and watching what's going on in chat right now, um, Jack is still the the topic of conversation, and there's some uh, crazy things uh, <laughs> being shared about Jack and other sounds like Jack related items. Um, but no, uh, we're going to kick things off with the uh, the fray by talking about that show match. Uh, we had uh, there was actually a, a couple of different events. So, and, and let me sort of preface when I talk about show match. I guess I should acknowledge Sideshow and Yaki, where Sideshow challenged Yaki to a 1v1 uh, far on. If he got five kills, he'd get a two-week contract from the ma'am. Yeah, it was good fun. Congratulations, Sideshow. Welcome to the Overwatch League. And uh, and uh, the subsequent show matches that took place uh, this weekend uh, were primarily uh, between uh, members of the former Runaway and the former Lunatic Eye. Now, I did not stay up to watch the show match. Um, I was contemplating it. I was sort of thinking, like, do I do I turn it on? Do I watch? Uh, but I then um, fell victim to this thing called sleep and missed it. But Sam, I, I understood you uh, you stayed up to watch it. Uh, if if I'm you know talking myself up, I took one for the team because this lasted. From 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Well, I, I saw you like you guys were talking about it in Discord, and you would you would reach this point where you're like, do I go to sleep now or do I just sort of stay up? Like you'd reach that point where it's you're unsure as to what to do. Yeah, because the sun is up. <laughs> and if the sun is up, we're supposed to be up. So, but like, you know, time zones aside, like this this was a dream. It felt like we've you know, hopped in, hopped in the car, went back in time. And it like, I think the one takeaway, if you didn't watch the match is that everyone had fun for Mm -hmm. the five hours that everyone was sleep deprived. It was all smiles, right? Like the most powerful thing about the show match is that the result didn't even matter. Of course, these are competitive overwatch players in game. They are going to be competitive. Right. Um, but like I, you know, Lauren, good friend of the show and Daybuck Owl on, on Twitter in the game house for, for those that don't know, you know, she was ribbing me like basically the moment it announced because she knows that I was a, a lunatic high fan and yet I'd built a relationship over the last year and a bit with, with all these runaway boys. And so she was just like, you got to pick a side. You got to pick a side. You got to pick a side. And I was like, no, I don't want to pick a side. Um, and obviously she she's been she's been like a, a lunatic high fan since since its inception. Um so so she she took no qualms of which side she picked. But she does have a healthy respect for for um runaway itself. Mm-hmm. Um but it was it was just this perfect mix of nostalgia. Um the fact that you know they brought in OGN, um, which are the producers of 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 the Apex League, which is the precursor to Overwatch League itself. Um, to to come in, they brought some veteran casters. I I can't pretend to know all their names because you know everybody's in Korean. Um, they did bring Wolf and Achilles to to try and cast. Um, on in their quarantined rooms, which 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 had its struggles, but it, they did it right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it was a perfect blend of of you know nostalgia, 
but also great Overwatch play, and also at the same time a glimpse of what could be. Yeah. So, so that's that's the crazy part to me is is I knew the the nostalgia was a given, right? You throw those names on, you don't even need to play; they can just stand there and shake hands. A lot of people are going to go home happy. The good Overwatch um, was a moderate surprise. Like, so we we know about you know the guys that are that are built in from from the former Titans roster. You know about you know about Haxel, you know about Stitch, um, you know about Ruji Hong, you know about Toby. Like these these guys are are well known stars in the game. Um, but like we we saw Kaiser do some really cool things on on um, on his Ryan Lock, which he basically played all game unless he was playing Winston. We saw Bumper the first time in a very very long time play off tank, um, and his Zarya his Diva not bad. It's like what what happened to this one trick Ryan that we we spent a year debating whether he's trash or he's amazing like suddenly he just goes on Daria and is comfortable on it just because who knows right um at at the same time like we we saw who are you like it was like there's there's who are you who we know from NYXL and then there's like who are you right and I think a lot of lot of that had to do with with how much support Toby and Ruji Hong were, were giving him. And then we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, the, the grandmaster himself. We talk about Ruji Hong. Um, he wasn't supposed to play. They, he basically got, uh, I'd say positively peer pressure because peer pressure is usually a negative connotation. Yeah. Um, um, I forgot about Zumba. Sorry, dude. Zumba popped off. Um, Zumba is an owl level player um, and he's a great Zarya. Um, so, so props to Zumba, but, but, but back to Ruji Hong, like he wasn't going to play. They were interviewing him on the, on some, some stream or, or something like that. And they're like, dude, you got to play. And he's like, okay, I'll call the league. I'll, I'll see if I can play. They already have a full six. And the people are like, we don't give a damn. You're <laughs> going to play. And so, so, you know, even going in, he was like super modest about it. He's like, I don't know. I need a break. Um, I've been through a lot, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe I'll do one round. I'll do one round. Dude played for all six matches, right? So, so you can tell there was genuine joy from the players. Um, there's obviously genuine joy from the the fans, even though you know half of us on this side of the planet are, are super sleep deprived. But I know a lot of people who went back in in uh, and watched the VOD, um, and even like a lot of people English speakers were watching the Korean VOD. Because just because I I think there's a level of experience that in in um, Korean Overwatch that we haven't gotten to. Like, even though I couldn't understand, you know, the actual verbiage they were saying, you can understand tone, you can understand excitement, you can understand who are you, who are you, who are you, who are you, right? Like, you you, you get that. You don't need translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that is is a bar that apex did set so high and that's why owl gets so much flack yeah. right because we haven't been able to to match that bar um and so so that was a match and to talk about the game itself like it it was a candy store man like we had we had dive we had matching nano blades um i don't want to spoil everything but but we had goats we had well wasn't uh, there uh, like a double Genji reflect of a yeah there were, fire strike that killed both like like I don't know I haven't seen but I was like saw the the screen capture the kill feed where both Genjis killed each other with reflected fire strikes but Bo- both Genjis killed each other when they were in their nano blades 
but the fire stri- the reflecting fire strikes from from both teams from Miro and and Kaiser got him. Yeah. Um, so like it, it it had everything that you would want in a show match. Um, and and it was it was just uh, a play like you can hear the excitement in my voice and I was like I barely remember the game right you have to remember it was like four a.m. Um, so, so for, for people that are analyzing the game, like it's just exciting. And it was, I wouldn't say it was like the highest level of overwatch because I think to some degree people do know it's a show match, but like the guys wanted to win. So, so they, they wanted to win, but they wanted to do it on their terms. Um, which gets me to, um, the hero bands. So I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know if it was from overwatch. I don't know if it was apex. I don't know if it was runner. I don't know if they decided to do it like an hour before the match, but they came up with this concept of the, each team was going to ban one. I think it was four characters in all, you know, two DPS, one tank and one support from the opposing team. So, so for those that have no idea anything about apex, anything about the match, and they're just listening to this for the first time, the concept is if, you know, it's my team versus light forces team, I get to pick four characters that light forces team can't use. So other than that, anything is up for grabs. There was no 2-2-2 lock. There was no roll lock. So we also did see things like uh, Jehan go from Ana to Soldier. We saw the desperation um, wrecking balls from, from DPS players coming out. Um, someone in chat is saying, I think it was Wolf's idea. I cannot confirm or deny. If, if so, props to him. But whatever it was, obviously, because this so match only took a couple weeks to, to prepare, it wasn't like this was planned out for a long time. It was mm-hmm. definitely someone that said, hey, can we do this? Yeah, I think we can. We can give it a try. And the the preliminary execution of it was incredible. Um, and, and I say that understanding that, yes, there's nostalgia. So, so anything that's, you know, you have the OGN on it, you're going to feel good about it. But it, and I think the most important part of, you know, this decision is it puts strategy back into the plan, right? Like the biggest problem that we've been having with hero bands is it's, or, or sorry, what do we call them? Uh, roll, hero pool. Roll, hero pools. Hero pools. Hero pool is, that, is that it feels very randomized and the randomization will benefit a different party depending on the week. So for players, it's hard to impossible to prepare for coaches. You have nothing that you can tell them in terms of strategy. Um, but for fans and especially for casuals, like I thought the San Francisco shock were really good. Why did they just lose to the Valiant or whatever? It's like, oh, it's because a hero pool. What's what's that again? Right. So so it it didn't create for consistency. But with hero bands, now the coaching staff has control again. I'm going up against um, uh, Florida Mayhem. They have probably one of the best tracer in the world. Guess what? When we play you, you're not playing tracer. Yeah. Right. And I mean, there's there's definitely going to be ways to iterate on this so that we're not deprived of the best people playing their best characters in the world. So maybe it's like, OK, you can ban it for a match that you lose, but not for a match that you win or, or something like that or, or the reverse of that, whatever. Um, but like to me, that was very much a, a positive thing that seemed to spin up overnight. Um, and and, you know, from frankly, from the league perspective, it kind of just made, you know, it's like you know, Apex is rightly or wrongly getting the credit for this, the OGN guys, and saying like, yo, like they did this in two weeks. You guys had all year and this this is the mess that you came up with. So like that was like a very strange feeling. Um, but I think it's something that the league definitely needs to seriously look at. I, I think actually four characters is too much. 
Um, and I think the, but, but like, you know, the styles that they wanted to play for the so match, basically echo was a no go for most of it. May was a no go for most of it. Nobody wanted to play Arissa and nobody wanted to play a Baptiste. Mm-hmm. So, so like, I think that also speaks volumes as to which characters the players themselves think are interesting. Um, whether they're good or great or not, or OP, I think it also kind of sheds some light into how, how players think. And I honestly don't think it'd be that different, even if it was NA players picking the locks, because I think at the end of the day, like what I talked about a week or two weeks ago, as long as one of Genji tracer widow, like those are, those are what people want to watch. They don't want to watch the, the tracer shooting a million Arisa shields. Right. So, so, and uh, apologies to, to Arisa mains, um, but th- that's, that's just how I feel. And I think that's how a lot of casual fans feel. Um, so, so it was, it was in, in a pretty dark and, and overwatchless week. I think it was one of the brightest spots of the season, quickly followed by sideshow making the overwatch league and kind of making it into a laughing stock. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know, depending on how you feel about that, that's an entirely different subject. Um, but, and, and, and I, and I think it's a, it's a one-off cause I don't think they will most likely do this again. Cause I think this for a lot of the players, like stitch, I think is on his way to Washington now. So, so obviously yeah, not gonna stitch be in Korea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're not going to be in, in Korea for, for another match. Um, but, but like, I feel like it was kind of like a sweet send off. Um, and I guess the final note I'll make before, you know, I basically talk for 10 minutes straight. Um, but this is how you feel, right? All the time. <laughs> this is a weird feeling. Um, but, but the final note is it was bittersweet as the Titans fans, because we, we have X players on both sides. And, and I think as, as sweet as it was, there's always going to be that little part of like, dude, why couldn't we just make this work? Because these guys they are really good players and the even from the very limited amount of of time to to promote the the show match and and time for after like like i can't remember who tweeted it but someone just posted a picture of like basically both teams eating takeout food after the match and that was like beloved content and and someone was pointing was like dude imagine you couldn't promote this like they're literally eating and staring and chatting with each other. And that post is going to get thousands of likes. Yeah. So, so like that was very bittersweet for me. Yeah. And you know, good looking back, actually just sort of the content we've shared. One of our most liked pictures that we shared on Instagram had absolutely zero context, but it was when we were doing RSP or rock scissors paper or rock paper scissors RPS with RSP with the team when we interviewed them. Um, you, you could just see it was like a bunch of players standing around having a you know it was goofy um, and whether or not they they enjoyed what was going on. I won't is it time that we we did. talk about what happened? Is it time we we be more transparent with RPS this- versus RSP? Yes, with what exactly happened and how we promised and underdelivered, or mm. rather, I promised and underdelivered. Well, I mean, it's a Vancouver thing, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe we can we can we can save that for for the next episode. Sure, it's we'll get Omni's side. But um, yeah, I'm actually really disappointed Omni couldn't make it because I think of our podcast, I'm always the one that hates on Roll Lock and hates on Hero Pools, and he's 
I would. I, he he's the defender of it. I think he like I wouldn't say he loves it. I think he he has his own qualms with it. But definitely at least amongst this pool, we we are on off uh, different opinions of that. So so I don't really feel like saying like yeah, be gone with two two two, be gone with with where hero pools like without you know hearing a, a good defense from him. Um. So so I'll leave it at that. Yeah. The um show match itself, like I said, I did not watch, but based on what I heard, I I think it was much needed therapeutic support for Vancouver Titans fans, especially aggrieved Vancouver Titans fans. And maybe they're no longer Vancouver Titans fans. Um, It was a great showcase of what overwatch can be competitively. And we saw some of that the weekend before uh, with the, the Florida mayhem um, and really the, the style of play that they brought. I think there's potential like, and it could be, you know, looking at your, sort of suggestion where there are must-haves. So if you're not going to go and ban or or lock, but every team has to play like the Genji, Widow, Tracer, like a must-have. And then whatever that might be, that might be what's needed. I don't know if the the hero pools are, are where it's at. I don't know if 222 is where it's at. And Omni currently in chat is saying he doesn't love hero pools. He loves 222. But I think, you know, I think he he would he is on to something because hero pools right now, they're not working. I, in fact, you know, we've, we've talked about this on previous episodes. We heard Adam talk about it. Uh, this is, you know, someone from the management side of an organization, very senior manager talking about it. And, and, and functionally, um, you know, I think Owl proved it to themselves with the May Mail that, uh, or May Melee that hero pools aren't the answer. I, again, we don't know what will will ultimately come of it all. Um, other things that have been going on in the Overwatch League. So yes, uh, Sideshow was signed to a two week contract with the Florida Ma'am. So I, I I am conflicted. I like that they sort of have fun, but as sort of a showcase event, like, and that's the thing is this happened such so much later in the day, like. If this was something that occurred as part of a larger sort of weekend event, like the All-Star game or something like that, I have no problem with it. But sort of on its own as a marquee felt really weird. Um, the two-week contract part, I got no issue with that, except it was a complete meme. Like even the Mayhem sharing the picture as they did, or Yaki just, you know, taking the, <laughs> the K just to ensure that it happens. Like, it feels very... I don't know. I was going to say fake. The correlation I was going to draw to is like the WWE, mm-hmm. except with WWE, it's scripted, but those are still, you know, athletic <laughs> people. Uh, like it, there's, there's still this premise that you need to be really good. This did not seem to be that. Anyhow, mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's two parts. One, first of all, Yaki through. <laughs> oh yeah, no, totally. And I, <laughs> Um, but, but I, I think it's, to me, it's the same discussion as, as, as Zoe's cats. And, and I'm not trying to compare Zoe. I mean, sorry, I'm not trying to compare a cat to, to sideshow. I'm not trying to disrespect him as a, as a human being. You could being. do it to Bryn because Bryn's um, cat was making picks this season too. Yeah. So, but, but like, I, I think there's two sides. I, one, I think it's great that the league is willing to have fun. And, and I think that that's what makes esports unique is because the demographic, not just viewers, but also the people who are running the show, they're young. 
right? So being young allows you to have a creativity that I think when you're 30, 40 years in the job, like you're not, you're not going to take as many risks, mm-hmm. right? So, but at the same time, the Overwatch League is also fighting for legitimacy. So when we have Zoe's cat, you know, affecting, I don't know whether or not Stitch plays next week because Stitch plays Tracer and he doesn't play Soldier. I uh, so whatever. Yeah. Right. Like like that. That makes us question whether this league is for real or not, or are you just messing around? Right. So at the same token, like now we have jokes like, okay, you want to make the Overwatch League? You can grind for hours and hours and hours and hours, and hopefully, like it, like a Shredlock or a Card Card, you get an opportunity when an opportunity pops up, or you build a personality for yourselves and then challenge the best player in overwatch. Hope one of them says yes. And then away you go two week match two week, right? Like the chips, a method or whatever. Someone actually told me like, well, you look at uh, professional um, or traditional sports. They have like in hockey, there's this octopus that chooses teams that win. The difference there is the octopus is choosing the team to win for entertainment purposes alone and has absolutely no effect to the game that takes place on the ice. Mm-hmm. That is truly a promotion. But to what your point is suggesting is where you have Zoe's cat, not only for a promotional perspective, here are the picks. Like it's one thing, oh, Zoe's cat, you know, banned May, but unfortunately the algorithm doesn't do that. Then it's, you can have sort of some fun banter, like oh, Zoe's cat, mm-hmm. you know, understands the game better than the algorithm. But when it's the cat that impacts the, you're right. Whether Stitch gets into a match or not, that's that's far too hokey for my liking, and probably not something we'll we'll. Uh, not a see great place to work if if my my next week's performance at my job depended on like my coworker's cat. Yeah, that's literally what's happening. <laughs> oh, anywho, I don't know what we'll see moving forward, um, and I, I I'm not knocking the creativity, the desire to do things that are different. But sometimes just for the sake of being different isn't a good enough reason to do. Um, what else has been going on in the world of Overwatch League? Well, the Toronto Defiant have uh, announced that Numlocked is their uh, new tank coach. So um, first and foremost, this was shared if you happen to be uh, watching the uh the latest episode from our friends over at CA Overwatch by Adam, like he actually shared it with them and then apologized to his, his social team if it wasn't something he was allowed to share. Um, but that was, that was pretty cool to see where the, you know, a local content creator is, is given the opportunity to be a conduit to share that information. Uh, note to the Vancouver Titans. We record Tuesday nights. If ever you want to go and share something that has to go live on Wednesday, you do not have to wait to simply announce it on Wednesday. We will do that with you if you'd like. But um, no, that was pretty cool. I, I, whether or not, you know, Numlocked is just a, a tank coach or gets into actual Overwatch League action. Possible. I don't know. Two-week contract. I mean, anything, anything can occur. I mean, they now have two X player coaches, right? Or I guess Mangachu's oh, not even a Mangachu's not even a an X player. He's a player coach, yeah. like like uh, Bill Russell and Michael Jordan in Space Jam. Yeah. And and Space Jam, I understand, is getting a, a remake this time with uh, LeBron. Yeah. It's, it's weird. I yeah. it's cool for kids, but it's also like it's it's our nostalgia, right? Like kids 
that are now going to watch the Looney Tunes show, they don't, they don't understand this. So no. I think they need their own thing. Yeah. Uh, it'll be space jam with Paw Patrol. Um, the last thing uh, is that uh, Overwatch uh, has been updated today. Uh, patch got pushed out to uh, put in a new experimental mode that had uh, Genji buffed, Moira sort of half and half, and an Echo nerfed. Uh, so the the Genji buff is is minor. He's getting a slightly um, bump, a slight bump in his primary uh, damage. You have the ability to cancel his deflect, so you don't sort of stand there looking like an idiot as they wait for it to cool down and dome you. You now have much like with you know May when you go an ice block, you can now try to time it for something else. Uh, the Moira nerf buff. So the nerf was on her prime or her. Uh, damage or secondary. Uh, so that's been slightly reduced, but then the buff has been on the healing side. Now, this one I find interesting. I've recently discovered, and I say recent, but it's probably in the last while, when you're an actual healing Moira, you can generate alt charge like phenomenally fast. And if you're now going to actually push out more heals with this buff, like her getting coalescence uh, constantly is going to be all sorts of weird. Um, but hey, for some reason or another, I guess the the metrics indicated this was something they wanted to look into. Uh, and then Echo is getting a slight nerf where her um, essentially laser uh, is the distance to which it actually has impact is being reduced. Now it's it melts like I'm a Reinhardt. I hate Echo. <laughs> I, I can, there's nothing I can do to get away from her when she's in the air. Um, I genuinely wonder what the distance between a hammer swing and the laser update is. Does this bring her within range? Because if that's the case, I can easily down an echo who's trying to melt me. So there's something satisfying about that though. So like I, for those that, you know, actually follow us, I recently hopped back on the solo queue overwatch train as I, as I waited for Valorant to actually show up. Um, but, but like Echo's kind of satisfying. I mean, she's not the easiest player to play and she's not the easiest player to play against. Um, but she's, she's satisfying. Um, Moira, on the other hand, like I have very mixed feelings about Moira because on a solo queue, honestly, sometimes you just have to go Moira, not even to heal your team, just to heal yourself. Cause I play a lot of quick play classic. Nobody plays healers. Um, everybody (laughs) dies. Um, so my so my like with Moira, I'll, I'll use an example as I, I actually did my competitive placements for this season. Um I, I got my tank placement, I'm silver. Amazing. Congrats. Uh and my uh my support placement bronze. That's where I belong. Uh, I'm not gonna even try my damage because queue times are too long. One of the struggles I had was that when I was doing my support placements, is almost every match there was a hard lock Moira. And nearly every one of those hard lock Moiras was a DPS Moira. So that meant I was then a solo heal. And because I have, I'm have i solo queue in a comp, I then have a Farah, a Genji, or a Tracer. Any one of those three shows up within in the team composition. Um, I'm almost guaranteed to have a, t- a dive tank of some sort. In fact, it might even be a, a, a wrecking ball. And then I have like a shield. So a Ryan, a Sigma, an Orisa, another DPS who you know, generally Widow or Hanzo. And one of my struggles, I don't like Mercy. <clears throat> I hate Mercy. I just can't play her. I find her so boring. Yeah, because she, in a shooting game, she doesn't shoot. You know, and then I, so if I can't go with Moira to heal, I'll go Anna. 
Now, the struggle here is, as Anna, is that I can't go and pop that many, you know, disparate directions. Yes, I can sort of shoot, but when you're Tracer or you're Genjin, you're bouncing every which way. It's very hard for me to track. On top of that, as I'm trying to heal you, our main tanks are probably getting lit up. So then I'm having to go and, you know, change. So it's just so frustrating. Um, it was interesting. Uh, one day in, in comp, people were telling me I was a Smurf and I'm ruining the game. So I actually took that as a compliment. Always. <laughs> like, if you think I'm smurfing, my goodness. Uh, and then there was the person who told me I was the worst Anna, that I should uninstall the game, and other such unpleasantries. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, sad to say, I did not uninstall the game. I'm still playing as Anna, and I honestly meant it when I said I am so sorry. I will continue to practice my Anna so I can become a better player. <laughs> It's it's hard to be at a solo. And and honestly, if you are playing at a level where you're basically giving um main healer level support, you probably wouldn't be playing at the elo you're playing in, wouldn't be playing with the team comps that you're playing with. So it's like that's I don't want to go back into the 222 lock conversation, but I think one of the stronger arguments for 222 is that people need it in lower elo and that's where I'm basically like no, anytime there's a lever from a support you're you've basically thrown the match and mm-hmm. there's there's no way to recover from that anyhow yep yeah it is but it is so uh we thought this was going to be a nice short episode and i'm looking at the record time here and we've uh, gone past an hour it's amazing how we Incredible. can talk about you know a whole lot nothing. of nothing this probably explains why last week's episode was over <laughs> two hours long. So if you happen to listen to that entire episode last week, thank you so much. Um, our hope, actually, just on that note, I thought, you know, Adam provide a lot of, of candid uh, conversation and context that, that maybe we as Vancouver Titans fans miss. It was a really nice conversation. I hope we can get them on again. Um, but I, you know, also meant what I was saying when I broke the big news that we're looking to get more guests. We, we actually had hoped to have someone lined up for this episode. Um, things unfortunately, uh, fell through, but that's not to suggest we're not looking for other, other guests to get on. We're going to be talking about, uh, all sorts of different topics. Uh, we're going to have people from, uh, uh, the Overwatch scene outside of the Overwatch scene, esports. Cause you know, again, we want to, we want to build up, uh, you know, the, the community, um, that follows us uh, the right way. Um, and let's be real. There's no way we can continue to survive the tough times we have here in Vancouver as a Titans fan if we, we don't look for other avenues to to explore. Maybe, you know, maybe we have more episodes where we have to throw on the, the red and black. Um, you know, for those of you who don't uh, actually, uh, you know, see in uh, RSP Discord, uh, we actually were showcased on uh, a website, not even related to esports. It's actually a web app that I use to create some of the audiograms, uh, mm-hmm. Headliner. They actually showcased uh, the, the message that we shared, um, and they actually complimented us on how visually uh, appealing the, the red and the black was. And They like the red and the black. We should yeah. just talk about Valorant. <laughs> I figured you would not go and say talk about Toronto. All I'm oh. saying is you, you do one of those headliner apps every single week, practically. And yeah. the only time we've ever gotten showcases when we changed our colors. Yeah, so. from, from the blue and green to the, the red and black. So so maybe it means something. 
Well, it did. I, you know, it did stand out. Like I, I will admit, it might I might have to explore sort of the color combinations I use, um, especially when you do your top your top fives. Which uh, yeah. speaking of which, I need to get you to to do one of those magical top fives. Uh, okay, top five Valorant players you can use: uh, Jet, 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 and uh, Jet. Thank you. That'll be a there quick uh, ten second uh, audiogram. But um, yeah, I, I think you know, for us, uh, back to the the content of the podcast. You know, this is something we want to do, and our hope is is that we'll be able to structure it in such a way that when we do our live streams, that they might also be able to join us. Um, mm-hmm. Still new to me, so you know, please bear with us. But I can assure you, from a podcast perspective, we'll always be able to find ways to uh, to get them more involved. Cool. Anywho. We are at the end of an episode. Uh, Sam, any final uh, thoughts or words of wisdom you want to share with everyone listening in? Um, I think we have one more week of no Overwatch to go, right? Mm-hmm. So, or at and, least one, yeah. And Valorant has globally released, and mm-hmm. Omni's not here to tell me off, so fill in the blank. Play Overwatch. Um, final words for me. Uh, stay safe, everyone. Uh, I think that's what's most important um, is please stay safe. I I, I know an RSP cord, um, you know, people have, have, have said they're what they're up to and, and doing, and I fully support um, everyone's right to, um, to ensure their voice is heard and to ensure that they can support to the community as they are. All I ask is that you stay safe. Um, but I do respect as well um, the risks that many of you do take um, on a, on a daily basis. Um, for a variety of reasons, um, it's just I, I wish I wish everyone to to be well. As far as our podcast is concerned, though, um, we do ask if you can to to review each and every episode that we share, review the podcast, let others know how we are. Now, word of mouth advertising is by far the most powerful form that exists, and that's nothing to to knock at. But one of the ways that you can also broadcast your love and, and passion of the, the podcast is by going to podchase.com slash ready set phone, dropping a review there, sharing that review on social. Um, I also guarantee that if you review some podchaser, I will engage and reply. Um, and that's above and beyond us reading your review on, on every episode, um, which is what we do when a review comes in. But if you also want to provide a review where we actually share your advice in our podcast, there are two ways to go about that. One, going to voicelink.fm slash ready set phone, or by calling us or sending us a text message at 1-604-409-3324. That is 1-604-409-3324. And one thing I uh, also have started uh, mentioning is just different ways you can support the podcast. One of them is, is by letting others know that uh, we are there and, and you know, talking to your friends about us, the communities you're, you're part of. Um, we want to, to be that premier podcast that you can come to, not only for Vancouver Titans news, but to learn more about the Overwatch League and ultimately just enjoy being part of the community. But I do want to, to single out those who've elected to support us beyond, um, you know, simply taking part in the conversation. You know, our, our uh, members of the RSP of patronage group uh, who not only get access to sort of a, a special channel uh, within Discord, uh, but uh, are, are doing so by providing us, you know, a monthly contribution through Patreon. And that's patreon.com slash race at home. Or those of you who subscribe to us here on, on Twitch. Um, Again, whether it be through Twitch Prime or an actual monthly subscription, um, or for anyone who's ever you know donated through uh, bits on on Twitch, I mean that support goes a long way. Um, 
podcasting comes with a cost and and ultimately it's a cost that I'm more than willing to to bear uh, but to the benefit of, of having some of those costs covered is just allows us to explore other avenues one of which is is the means to go and get the setup so that we can come to you live each and every week and as well bring on some of the guests that we do so we, we essentially take all of that support you provide and put it directly back into the podcast so thank you again for, for tuning in, those who are watching our live stream right now, and as well, everyone who tunes in each and every week to the podcast through auditory means. You can find us each and every podcast app that's out there. And if for some reason you can't let me know, and I'll be more uh, than uh, able to, to get RSP on whatever the application happens to be. So on behalf of the Missing in Action Omni at Omni Strife and his cat Jack, Sam at another Sam Chan and myself, Chris at Light Force. I'm going to sign off with those magical two words catchphrase. Thank you.